You're listening to the Wanderlust Swingers Podcast with Aussie hosts Kate and Daryl. If you're curious about exploring your sexuality or the swinging, hot wifing and non-monogamous lifestyle, you've definitely come to the right podcast. Or maybe you just love travel adventures. Either way, we share our personal, sometimes juicy, sexy stories as well as swingers club and event reviews, interviews with other sassy people and of course our global swinging adventures. We try to bring you a look into the diverse lifestyle that the swinging and non-monogamous community has. We hope you enjoy. Now let's get into the episode. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 141 of the Wanderlust Swingers podcast. This one's a bit of a quickie, a bit of a Q&A quickie. Okay. Yeah, so we just recorded another episode a second ago. We're going to just, we're just recording them, getting them done. I refreshed my Carnal Vino because I'm about to board a flight tomorrow. Actually, I'm about to board three flights over 27 hours and then have to isolate in a hotel and then get multiple PCR tests. But hey, that's international travel, the new normal. Yeah, I feel like we all have to do that though, you know? Yeah, I know, but this is about me. Oh, sorry, gotcha. Yeah. Hey, so today's episode is going to be- Speaking of narcissistic. <laughs> speaking of narcissism. Today's episode is all going to be, uh, it's going to be a Q&A session, going to be a quickie. We're going to get this uh, getting done, get out, kind of how I like to be when I masturbate solo. That's how you like to be in most sexual uh, scenarios. Actually, no, that's not true. Sometimes you just go to sleep. (laughs) Right. Uh, Today's first question is from Bert. I wish it was from Bert the Comedian, but unfortunately it's not from Bert the Comedian, but I'm sure this Bert is equally as funny. Bert said, I had a question from your Cup Dog episode regarding implied consent. When you touched on the phone party at one club, which is the day party, the the famous phone party that happens at Cup Dog in France, while in fantasy terms, that sounds delightful. In a practical setting, it seems rather precarious. Is implied consent something you have experienced within your own journey? If so, was this set up behind the scenes, some behind the scenes prep that made the environment uh, safe to explore? Well, I think in that particular scenario, the implied consent is you walking through the door. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a this is an area where play is kind of expected. It's a it's a it's an expectation once you're in there that you're open to play in in any way that the people around you are open to play with. That doesn't mean you do something that you don't want. I mean, you can still turn people down, but it does mean that people will very much approach you with what I would call a not aggressive, but over. They go. They may very well grab your junk. Yeah, they may work very well. Yeah, that may yeah. be the first interaction you have with them. Yes. Great. Um. Yeah. And, and no, no. I mean, it's not a. It's not an environment where 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 you know rape becomes a thing, but it's certainly an environment where there's a high level of presumed consent just by going into that room. Mm-hmm. Yes, and this is a similar circumstance. So if you look at the cup dog phone party, but I don't want to just single that out. If you look at like for example a dark room, dark rooms at some swingers events exist there, and there is a level of implied consent going into that room because the whole idea of these rooms is that it's a, a sempor- sensory deprivation. You don't know who's in there because you can't fucking see anybody. You So therefore you don't know if those people are your sexual interest, if they are your attractive, like they could be completely different age and you're used to playing with, different body shape, whatever, whatever. And those people may come up while you're even engaging in sex with your partner and as Daryl said, grab your tits or whatever it might be. They might whisper into your ear saying like, can I play with you? Or They might. Can I give you? They might exactly. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I think there's 
certain levels of of uh, consent that I certainly am not comfortable with, and the phone party and a dark room, the dark room are two of those locations where even even you know I, I wouldn't find myself in those environments likely because I understand that there's a level of consent there that I may not be okay with. Mm. The other thing to me as well is that in those environments where, especially the dark room where you can't see people, some people think that's a big turn on. You're like, I don't know who's touching me, whatever. That could be interesting if you had pre-vetted and maybe there was like a group of 14 people that you knew. There's there's very little difference between this and a glory hole. I, I realise that, but what I'm saying is like if that was something you were interested in but you didn't want to go into a dark room with strangers – if you knew that the 14 people that were in that room were of sexual interest to you but then you didn't know which one of them was touching you, that might be interesting. But walking into a dark room at a hotel takeover where there's 200 people in the room, not for me. Definitely not for me. It's not for me on multiple reasons. Um, I just I don't get turned on by that thought. Like if I knew the people in the room and I knew I was sexually attracted to them, that may turn me on. But walking into a room with 200 strangers and not knowing whether they're good humans – sexually interesting, attractive to me, it is not a turn on for me. So, you you know, I know that your question was about implied consent. Yes, I think once you walk through those doors, there is a level of implied consent. Yes. And you need to use your voice to express it, 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 no. If you're, if you're yes. in those environments, for starters, if you don't wish to be in an environment where consent is implied, which I can say there's many people out there who have that opinion and they are absolutely welcome to it. Yeah. You've you've got to be willing to evaluate a uh, a location that you believe has some implied consent and not put yourself in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is interesting. How would you feel about having a dark room at an event that we were running? How would you feel about that? Uh, I yeah, I don't know. I've not really put any thought to it. it. It would be. I think. Look, everybody to their own. There's people out there who really enjoy these types of environments where they Great. don't know what's going on. They don't know who they're with. They they walk out of there without a a, a name and a number. You know, any idea of who the person is. They possibly just had had penetrative sex with. Right. You know. If if that's what floats your boat, then then all power to you. Uh, go nuts, honestly. You know, again, I come back to a glory hole being a simple example of this. As mm-hmm. a male sticking your genitals or a female sticking your genitals up to or through a glory hole puts you in a position where you don't know what the other end of that might look like. Mm-hmm. If you're okay with that and that excites you, then do it. But, th- but you, you have to be careful of this because you have – potentially put yourself in a situation where you have stretched your boundaries past what you're comfortable with, Mm. with very little recourse. Yeah. And that's where I'm concerned about having them. I know a lot of people are rarely- recourses that that, that people might put themselves in a position where they don't feel comfortable to say no or to to stop stop something that's going on because they've put themselves Mm -hmm. in an area where there's expectation of consent. Well, the other thing for me is I can't provide security in that circumstance. So if I'm thinking about it from an event manager's perspective and somebody says to me, I really want a dark room at one of your events, my immediate thought is- I can't provide any kind of security in there. I don't know what's going on in can. there. You just got to put people in there with with Infrared. night vision glasses on. <laughs> I mean, you could do it, but yeah. that's not really the point. Is because the point is they could still put people could still put themselves in a situation where they've overconsented without actually consenting. Yeah. Which means it's a non-consensual situation, which which means it's against the law. And the other thing about it too is is that you don't know you just said about non-consent or maybe they get them they go over their boundaries. The other thing that could happen during this 
you know, journey into a dark room or a foam pit or whatever it might look like is um, you could really unknowingly trigger yourself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you're, if you're a, a sexual trauma survivor and you go into one of these rooms, you could easily be triggered by something. Or, or if you're – I mean, it's it's about sexual preference as well. I mean, if you go into an environment where where there's, a, as an example, a, a, a straight female and, and you go into a, a, a room like this, a foam pit, where perhaps – the, the other women in the room are bisexual or lesbian, you may put yourself in a situation where you're now having experiences that you're not interested mm. in and actually might repulse you. Well, I guess the other thing too is with the dark room is that you can't, if you can't see, you don't know who you're touching or where you're touching. And so very much so you may accidentally touch someone in an area where they just do not want to be touched. Yeah, And so I think it's a it's a real it does turn a lot of people on. For me, it's there's just too many challenges. What about if it was the circumstance I just gave to you? 14 people in a room, so say seven couples that you know, that you find sexually interesting. What about going into a dark room with those specific people and that's it? How would you feel about it? Feel different about it than a 200-person <laughs> random 200 people off the street scenario? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that would be an interesting event, maybe even – the, the difference there is, though... Vetted, consent discussed, sexual preference discussed. Yeah, all those. But the, the thing is, I mean, you, you're not going to be able to... You're not going to be... The sexual preference thing becomes very difficult, right? Because you're not going to be able to identify people in a room that's totally black without touching them. That's right, because say you've got those 14 people, three of the gentlemen identify as bisexual... Four of the women identify as bisexual, the other people identify as uh, hetero. Like that would be very, very difficult to navigate unless you knew who was in there, you know. And so they'd have to talk, and you'd have to talk about to talk it, which kind of, which actually takes purpose. away the, the whole, from the whole idea. So I think you, the idea would be that you'd have to engage with people who are, um, they may not be, they may not be uh, bisexual, mm-hmm. but they may be, um, able to deal with a touch, an inappropriate touch, and then navigate people's hands away from right. from that, right? right? Without being feeling disrespected or upset or whatever, which, again, you never know you how feel, you're feel. if you feel that that might be the case, this is not a room you should be in. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting question, though. Thanks, Bert. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. It is uh, it is very interesting. And have we experienced this along our journey? I mean, we've seen it. We've seen, like, dark rooms, as, as Kate mentioned. We've never put ourselves in that situation. Yeah. We've never been in a location where we didn't have the ability to actively consent or or, or not on, on what was happening. And, and I use the example of potentially being triggered because I honestly think I would be. Being in a dark room, I think that I would be very triggered and run out of the room and feel unsafe. And so I don't want to put myself in that in that position so for you the even the known quantity room no the known quantity i think i'd be okay with it's the it's the 200 strangers feeling vulnerable not knowing who these people are and feeling it's it's the more feeling vulnerable vulnerability for me is the first point then secondary to that would be the factor of um is this person a good human do i find them attractive would i have sex with them if the lights were on Right, that's the second part. But vulnerability for me, safety for me, vulnerability comes first, like first and foremost, Um, especially when it comes to things like penetrative sex in terms of protection as well. Yeah, but you don't – I mean, if you need lights on to tell whether you're having protected penetrative sex, you're not doing it right. No, but it is definitely a a facet, whereas um, everything else comes kind of secondary to that, though, is like would I be attracted to them, would I have sex with them if lights were on? I want to know people aren't out 
you know, doing horrible things on the weekend to other people. And I want to know that person's a good human. So, yeah, it just doesn't. Why the fuck are you with me? <laughs> that's a whole, that seems like a, you know, therapy session just waiting to unfold. i got a question for you. How do you, how do you feel about, um, we're on to the next question, by the way. So. I, I figured that by you scrolling down on the computer hey, screen. Hey, insert space of music here. Thank you very much, Kate. Um, how do you feel about theatre rooms, like porn theatre rooms? Not porn on screens in Swingers Club, but actual designated porn theatre rooms in Swingers Club. How do you feel about them? For, against, neutral? I, I think it depend. It would depend on the porn, depend on the night, depend on the people. Uh, so I think there's something to be said for porn generating interest, but I don't want to walk into a club and have porn on every TV. I, I think it, it becomes kind of stereotypical in that regard. So having it in a dedicated area where people who are wanting to watch porn and and it gets them going or gets their 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 juices flowing around playing with a group of people, I think that's not a bad thing. I, I think that's a good thing. It just depends. The other problem is, of course, it takes up generally quite a bit of room. Interesting, you say that, Daryl. And the room <laughs> is the problem. If you lose a shitload of room for it, then it's. I don't think it's worth it. I've seen less people having sex in porn rooms than uh, than I've seen having sex on beds in an equivalent space if you lay it out that way. Right. So that's actually the question that I asked on Twitter. So I actually did a Twitter poll and I said, porn theatres and swingers clubs, how do you feel about them? We've been to three clubs lately and all have had a large space dedicated to a porn theatre room. All three clubs were overcrowded and the playrooms were heaving with people waiting. Curious what you think. And I gave two potential answers. I like them. Waste of precious space. And 64% of people said it was a waste of precious space. Yeah, I think uh, it's much more interesting once if you manage to get the live porn going in the club, that tends to be a lot more mm. interesting than the falsified porn that's on the screen. So I, I, I'm not particularly fond of them. I think they're a bit of a waste of space. I think that the couches in them, I just, I don't know. I just, they're not my preference. But I want to read you an interesting response to this poll. So that was the poll. So 64% of people said it's a waste of space. But- there's been a lot of reading tonight. Not quite swingers on Twitter. For whatever reason, I prefer to play with my spouse in the movie room. It has nothing to do with the movies. I like it when other people are casually watching us rather than gathered around in a semicircle staring at us in close proximity when we're on a bed. And I said, that's a really intriguing response, an area where you can be an exhibitionist without necessarily putting yourself in a group room or feeling like an exhibit at the zoo. So when you think about that, right, if you're playing on a group bed and people are allowed to, voyeurs are allowed to come in and watch and they're standing close to the bed or whatever, that is a very different sensation to maybe playing in a porn room where people are milling in and milling out. side-eyeing you. Yeah, don't you think? Yeah, of course. So that was not quite swingers said that on Twitter, and I thought it was a really interesting perspective. So they said they actually prefer to play in a in a in a theatre a porn theatre room. Yep, I liked that. Yeah, and this just goes to show you that like each of the different areas, even if their intended use is whatever it is, people find another use for it that works for them, which I thought was just great. Like the when they wrote that, I was like, uh huh. That makes a lot of sense to me because when you think about that time that we played on the um, large circle group bed in Colette, Dallas, I remember there was a lot of people up next to the bed within arm's reach and I think a few people did actually reach in and touch. That is a very different sensation of being an exhibitionist and having those people like that because you kind of almost do feel like it's a, it's a performative thing versus maybe being in that porn theatre room where it doesn't feel that way because you, I don't know, do you? Didn't feel that way to me. Didn't so. feel that way to you. Fair yeah. enough. Hey. I- Cue space and music. We've got a next question coming. 
You ready? So this one's from The Real Sophia. Sophia did a Twitter poll and um, they'd sent me a, a direct message and asked me if we'd ever spoken about condom usage. And it was more so about the judgment of it. So let me read you this. So The Real Sophia said, I've noticed a lot of people posting photos with no condoms during play. These photos of the, are of them playing with multiple partners, multiple people other than their primary partner. I realize that some may take precautions before playing without a condom, but I'm curious what the consensus is. And she said, scratch them off a list, ask for an explanation or no judgment at all. 51% of people said no judgment. 22%, 22% said we'd scratch them off a list. Now, I think that's that question's a little too open for the, for the three answers that are available to it. <clears throat> Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, scratch them off the list. It means scratch all the people in that group off the list, or you know, like, or, or scratch condoms off the list. What's the? No, oh, so say for example, I'm going to use a single guy as an example. We're looking at single guy. You know, profiles. I understand what your example is. I'm just saying that if I read that question, there's there's multiple. Oh, you would misinterpret it. I misinterpreted that initially as scratch condoms off the list, oh. not scratch the people off the list. No, she's saying scratch the people, but she doesn't say that. She doesn't, but I know that's what she means. Yeah, okay, so that's fine. <laughs> but what I'm saying is the poem, depending on how you read it, gives mm. a different outcome, mm-hmm. right? Because scratching the condoms off the list could be that nobody wants to use condoms. Scratch the people off the list might be I won't want to. I don't want to play with those people anymore. So let's go with the I don't want to play with people anymore. So you are looking at profiles. Yeah, you see somebody is commonly and with different people not using protection in a lot of their photos or videos that they're showing on their swingers dating profile. How do you feel about it? Do you still approach them? Okay, so the vast majority of STDs that are transmissible through the the non use of condoms are still transmissible. Whilst using condoms. You're talking about things like mouth herpes, et cetera, et cetera. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So these are still transmissible diseases when you're using a condom or when you're not. Mm -hmm. Right. So, uh, so any of the herpes simplex viruses are transmissible with a condom or without. Right. Right. So, and, and that's realistically the, 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 probably the main issue around condom usage versus non-condom usage because the others the other STDs that can be typically transmitted when not using a condom will not be transmitted if you're using a condom. Right. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So, you know, gonorrhea, gonorrhea, syphilis, all those sorts of things generally not transmitted whilst using a condom. Right. Typically. So, so the answer the, the answer to that question for me is purely based around statistics and logic. Uh, it, it's does it make a difference if somebody's playing with other people consistently without condoms, but then is willing to play with with us consistently with condoms, then the risk is no different unless there's a condom breakage. So what you're saying is you wouldn't judge them, you wouldn't even question it, you would just tell them, here are my boundaries and we require yes. condom usage. Yes. And if they then said to you, I go bareback, you say, no, thank you, sir. I say, no, thank you. Um, okay. And, and, you know, that's, that's a real simple yeah. line in the it's and that's the case generally anyway. So right? that so that's the very balanced human Daryl response. I'm gonna tell them the judgy, judgy McJudges and Kate response. Oh yeah, I'm judging this yours. shit. We we yours. I've actually I've come to you before. You've sent me um, single man profiles here in Croatia where um, protection is protection and testing is just not really a thing. And you no, said that's unfair to state to say make that statement so broadly. Okay. It's it's less common less than, common yeah. than perhaps you're used to. Correct. So there have been times when I've been perusing um, 
single male profiles when I do see them with a number of um, ladies and couples and they're not using protection. If I see that on the profile, I can absolutely hands down say to you, I'd be yeah, see. I find this I find this really interesting because the it could single be guys, yeah. the single guy, no, 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 forget all of that. The single guys who you would have been sleeping with without protection or with sorry with protection when you were single were doing exactly the same fucking thing. They either were or they weren't. The only difference is the with knowledge. these guys the is that you know. Mm-hmm. So they're ignorance pol- is bliss, as they say. They're polite enough to give you. The ability to understand what they're doing and hence make a hence make a call on that exactly, which then means I can make that call. Yeah, so they are giving me information, and I appreciate that. It's like it's like okay, with a so single what man. You're, so the, but you got to be careful here because what you're now asking the single men to do is not put up any of the photos of them having bareback sex. No, I'm asking them to be honest in their profile, so then I can make the I can make that call if I'm not interested in that. It's the same thing with if a, if a, if a you know single man, which is really a cheating husband, approaches us. We said in the past, we really appreciate it when people are honest with us and say, yes, I am cheating on my wife because it gives me the information I need to make that judgment call of I'm, thank you for letting me know, I'm not interested. And the same can be said about people who consistently play with various partners with unprotected sex and aren't tested. It gives me... But you're making the assumption of the non-testing as well. Only because of the stats that I know exist here in Croatia. Yeah, but again, there's people who do this all over the world. This is not just a Croatian thing. I understand that. But if, say, for example, if I was living in a country where I knew that STI testing was uh, free, for starters, where it was readily available, where there was no shame. It is for men here. I know it is. Where there was no shame involved and where people went. If I knew that those stats were high and then I also had the, you know, I was also like, oh, good for them. They're doing it bareback with everybody else, but hey, here's my boundaries and it's condoms. I wouldn't have so much of a problem with it. But knowing the information that I know, yes, I'll instantly go, that's a red flag for me and and I'm not interested. Cool. Yeah. I mean, and that's your call to make. But uh, just be careful you don't reinforce negative the, behavior. the negative behavior through what you think, what you perceive as positive reinforcement, but in fact is a negative reinforcement. Well, in actual fact, though, I mean, there's people out there who, there's a couple profiles that I see all the time where they say, we only play bareback. So it's just, an, it's, it's again, it's a matter of preference of matching people with like-minded matching. Yeah, but I mean, for, for single guys, again, if they're having sex with a single woman unprotected, like a Tinder hookup, then potentially there is absolutely no different in mindset for them of having that same hookup with a couple. So why, you know, for them, now looking from their perspective, why would they feel the need to divulge their entire sexual history just so that they can have a, a hookup with a with a couple rather than with a single? Well, I think it comes down to just generally ethical behaviour, doesn't it? Because then you're potentially <laughs> impacting multiple people's lives here. So isn't it? Isn't it just ethical to say this is what's going on? So, I mean, then we then you should also have your – when you're having unprotected sex with your partner in your non-monogamous relationship, that should also be something that you talk about then. Do you mean us talk about with our single friends? Yeah, that we have unprotected sex. I mean, you've got to draw a line here somewhere. You can't, you can't uncover the full sexual history of someone before you sleep with them. You can't understand that they, you know, okay, well, I lost my virginity at five and then uh, – sorry – Five at fifteen, and then you know, uh, at sixteen, I had a my my first gang bang. At seventeen, I I had my first anal penetration. At this, at the, I mean, you you got to be real here. Like I know you've got to be reasonable. I agree with that, but that's and that's where this information, you know, you you, but, you should divulge it. But it doesn't mean I'm asking people for the blood type. But reasonable is we're giving 
people the information that is relevant to the situation. Yeah, and I think that is relevant. I play bareback with 30 other women in the last month. That, to me, is is relevant information. I'd like to know that. Okay. Then we need to add that to our profile because there's very few single men out there who would offer that as an understanding before. Or maybe ignorance is bliss. Who fucking knows? I can tell you, in this particular instance, ignorance might be bliss. <laughs> okay, I've got three more for you. This one is from Tipsy Tears. Who pays for the hotel? My wife and I started out in the lifestyle a few months ago. We had our first experience in MFM. We're looking to have a. We're looking to have another threesome and FMF. Who pays for the hotel? It's interesting to hear because they said many other people have said that the other guy pays for the hotel. With that being said, now that they're talking about inviting a female, who should pay for the hotel? Well, I don't think the guy should pay for the hotel. So I think what happens here is the the difference between the interesting difference here between it being a male and a female, and I don't know whether this is because of wage gaps because it's because of the way that people are brought up to be that the man pays for everything. In our experience, if a couple invites a third person out. Not in our experience, just fucking common courtesy. I mean, you've got two people and one person. Mm. The two people are together. Right. The one person is an add-in potentially for one night only. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you take somebody on a date as a single person, if you ask them out on the date, Correct. whether it's the male or the female who does the asking, Correct. you should be paying. And that's the way we roll. We roll by the fact that we have invited this person out and also, if we're requiring a hotel room, say, for example, we've invited this person out and we're inviting them out in the city that we live, right? But for whatever reason, we don't play at home. Could be because we don't like our home. Because you didn't clean the house. Could be because we didn't clean the house. True story. Um, it could be because you've got little kids at home. Whatever the reason is, you're not playing at home. You are requiring the hotel room. So in my mind, then, that also becomes a responsibility of you to pay for that. Because you're then setting parameters. It's like if you if you went out on a couple date and you invited people to a three-star Michelin restaurant who aren't of the same socioeconomic background as you, you cannot expect them to go Harvey's with you. It just doesn't seem correct. Or if you order a $1,000 bottle of wine, you can't expect them to go Harvey's with you. It just doesn't seem to be fair to me. So in this instance, regardless of the sex of the other play partner, I believe the couple should be playing, paying for this hotel every time. Yes. However, caveat. Okay, okay caveat. Caveat is that the male or female who's coming along as a, or who who is organising this actually organises the room and they're doing it there because they have the same they have an issue around potentially playing at somebody else's house because they don't want to feel trapped there and they don't want right. So if they decide that no, we, I, I I want my play session to be at a hotel. If it's a unicorn who fears for her safety, she wants the safety of a hotel. She's requiring that. Yeah. Then then. Sorry, that's up to you to pay for it. Right. We're not we're, – I mean, yeah, uh, unicorn or, or manicorn, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. If, if you have a reason that you need to be in a hotel or, or need to be somewhere that you have to pay, then sorry. I guess it goes paying. like this. If you're enforcing the requirement of that payment, then you need to pay for it. I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Unless you're all happy to agree to split it three ways. Three ways. Not two ways. Not two ways, exactly. There's three people involved in this, so it's a three-way split. Two two thirds. Which means that the couple will always place two fucking thirds. Unless, I think the only difference is if you have a partner who maybe becomes a friends with benefits, and say, for example, in this situation they're talking about now having an FMF, say they get two or three play sessions down the road and they're still inviting this lady out, she might want to take a turn in paying for the hotel. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so I think that's the only caveat. But this is, how is this any different to any, any... Single individual interaction 
it's not for me. For me, I look at this and I say, this is general. This is generally the way society works. Like, I don't understand why a couple would think we're going to, we, we want this third person in our bedroom. And then this third person also has to come up at the time we want, play the way that we want, and then pay for the hotel. Yeah, that person may just may as well just hire a fucking to me that uh, feels hire a sex worker and, yeah, and it, have their fantasies fulfilled rather than filling your your fantasies. And that's exactly the point here. Yeah, I so, know, I know the point. Right, let's move on. Uh, second last question: Couples reaching out after parties or events. The last few local parties we've attended, there have been a couple at each of them that we clicked with that ended up hooking up with other people. We've all been there. It sucks. Well, we have no problem with that to each their own. However, it is weird that they reach out the following week to set up a date with us after they kind of chose the other couples at the prior weekend. Traditional dating would say yes, but so, okay, so what do you think about that? Like if you met a couple, you've been talking to people online, you then met them at the party, everything seemed to be going great and all of a sudden they go off and play with another couple and then reach out to you two days later like, oh my God, so great meeting you. Let's now catch up a week later. Do, Do you feel funny about that at all? No. Yeah, I don't either. Why don't you feel funny? Why are they... I mean, is this a monogamous You're right. poly relationship? Is that what we're talking about? Because it, it, no. it doesn't sound like it. It no. sounds like a swinging it is. scenario. So mm-hmm. that being the case, then, hey, guess what? You don't fucking own them. Yeah. I think what's going on here is they, they might, might feel a bit slighted. And, and what sometimes this happens- is The word you're looking for is jealousy. The, what happens sometimes if you put a lot of energy into that couple at an event and then all of a sudden they go and play with somebody else- and then you haven't made any other connections the whole night because you've been putting the energy into that couple, this is where the problem kind of... Yeah, that's not slighted. That's jealousy. Yeah. Yeah. And you walk away like, fuck, and then they want to catch up with you. Yeah, and then you're and then you spite, and then you're spiteful in your response because of the jealousy mm. that you felt. And the, I mean, if you liked them without that being... Unless they were total twats when they did it and, you know, like oh, if flipped were, you off if as they... they were they, like, meet me in the room in five minutes and then ghosted you and then you saw them ten minutes later fucking somebody else. Fair. That's a different yeah, unless situation. they're a total cunt about it. I, I think this is, this is life in a... In a non-monogamous swinging style, scenario. this is life in the big city. You're gonna you're gonna have times where somebody just you know even if you're putting out the the vibe that you think you are, which is hey let's let's get it on. They may be reading that very differently, and they may they may be thinking, well, look, they actually not interested in us, in us tonight. They don't appear to be. Let's give them some room. We don't know what their relationship dynamic is tonight. They may have had a fight before they arrive. Blah blah blah. We'll give them room. We'll go and do something else, and then mm. we'll reach out to them in three days and and set up a date with them alone, so that we can have a bit more time and get to know them better and understand their dynamic and blah blah blah. And before you know it. Yeah, so, nah, fuck that. That's bullshit. Anyway. So you think miscommunication? No, I mean, there's a whole lot of things that can potentially be a reason for why people go off and and have sex with somebody else at a club. It's got nothing – it may have nothing to do with you. It's got nothing to do with you. Yeah. Your assumption – It may have nothing to do with you. It may have nothing to do with you. If they contact you again in three days and say, hey, we'd really like to catch up, it definitely has nothing to do with you. Yeah, other than to say that you may just not have been in the right mood in that night for for what they were looking for. That's fine. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, this is no-brainer. No-brainer for you? Yep. I think this last question is a no-brainer. We've got one more question before we're going to close out the Q&A quickie today. Mm -hmm. Can we have – do you have any quickie music? What have you got for quickie music? No. No? No? Nothing. Is going to a club on New Year's Eve a good idea for our first time? Fuck no. I'm not even going to read. That, that's that's the, that's the title and there's a text underneath it. I'm not even reading that text. Yeah. I'm going to say no. I'm no. straight I'm straight up no. No. 
Why are you up. know? Why are you know? Because for starters, the environment on New Year's Eve is typically full of people who are going there for the first time, right? So you you potentially... I would ask you to drop the mic, but they're expensive. And if you do, uh, we're going to fight. So you, don't. Could potentially, you could potentially do something really damaging, not only for your relationship, for, for, for others as well. I mean, yeah, nah, this is not a thing. On an average New Year's night, what would you say... Percentage wise, the people in the crowd from people 60, that 60, 40, 60% are total newbies, mm. perhaps only do this once a year. Yep. Versus 40% who are actually, I would probably say even lower, perhaps 70, 30, because a lot of experienced swingers don't want to go out on New Year's to a, to a party yeah. because they really don't, they really don't like it because they put, can put themselves in danger. Well, I'll tell you why people don't, generally speaking, and we've been to a lot of swingers clubs for New Year's over the years, and here's what we have found. One, New Year's over the years? New Year's over the years. One, they're expensive. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. Trip. Triple the price of a normal ticket yep. easily. Two, you're touching non-consensually from the moment you walk in the there door. There is way too many people <laughs> in the club. It is it is the un, it is hands down the busiest night yeah. of the year. Can't get a fucking drink. You can't get a drink. You can't get a seat. This is why generally swingers a like a seat or a space or a, a locker or a you bed. You can't get a fucking nothing. You can't get a nothing. Yeah. You, you ain't got nothing. Yeah. You can't spare a square. Exactly. So can we just I mean that was pretty good. I'd I'll give you a virtual oh, yeah? high five. There you go. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Um so this is why most swingers, like even with us on New Year's, we were contemplating what are we gonna do for New Year's this year? And I floated a club, we spoke about it, and then we were like, mm. Wait, no, you did not. Le Boudoir Club in London for New Year's Eve. Yes, I floated that idea. And then you said, How about the castle party? Okay. Yeah. Even, and even if we talk about our friends Jay and Angie from The Average Swingers, we went with them one year in Dallas to a club. I asked them recently, I'm like, what are you guys doing for New Year's? You guys go to the club? And they were like, no, nah, no. Nah. Because, again, it's expensive, it's pushy, it's whatever. But I think oh, – I know that it's pu- pushy is not the right pu- word. I mean, pushy not in the terms of, like, grabbing grabbing your pussy pushy. I mean in terms of, like, there's just a lot of people everywhere. So you mean it's – Like physically pushy. Yeah. The, shovey. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, pushy versus – Shovey are very different words. Yeah. Did you say pussy versus shovey? No, I said pushy. Mm, I I'm just you... trying not to pop oh, right see. over the mic. Yeah, because we still don't have any of our personal items that are being held hostage in Singapore. Um, so I, I would say no. I'm a, I'm a definite no. I would not suggest going to New Year's it's a hard for no. your first Fuck time. That. It's it's an insane time yeah. to get involved in a club as a couple. The other thing too is that you Single are- dude, you may fucking love it. But the other thing, it depends Single on the kind. Female, I love it. It depends on the kind of swinger you are too. If you're a take no names kind of swinger, this may be a great environment for you. Nah, I also don't think many people play on New Year's because this is. Well, there's no fucking room for starters. I don't, I don't think generally people play on New Year's, but say they did play. If you just went in there and you just wanted to fuck, go for gold. But if you're a person who's a social swinger, there is no opportunity to actually make connections in the in the club on New Year's. Like, good luck to you. So no, I would say no. I'm a hard pass. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, social swinger. Yeah, I, I'm not sure we're social swingers anymore though, because that would require socialising. You know, so it's hard to keep your edge, the 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 sharpness on your on your knife. You know, on the edge of your knife when you well, haven't really babe, been involved. I in, keep suggesting we should just move to Canada. And I keep suggesting you should get a fucking job there that'll pay for us. And to move. hence why we're at an impasse. So <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Well, I mean, why Canada? I don't know. I just feel like they're perverts, and it's because it's the Australia of North America. It that's is. why. And you're perverts. <laughs> so perverts. So, hey, that has been the uh, Q&A quickie episode. If you guys want to send us an email, you can drop us a line on c and d at swingingdownunder.com. Eventually, I may change that email. 
I may do it. Pretty easy to do. I can just do it in a new email on a redirect, but it's actually crazily easy to do. So About lazy. Three minutes worth of work. So lazy. Yep. You are. <laughs> I agree. Uh, do you have anything else? What else have you got? Anything else before we head out? No, I didn't um, put together anything for this quickie episode, given that I didn't know that we were doing one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Surprise. Yeah, I mean, all of them are surprises. Oh, here we go. Do you have a New Year's resolution? No, and I never have. Why don't you have? Why bother? If you need a date that is a simple shift between one number and the next to do something that you wish to do, you're doing life wrong. I want to float something by you. Oh, shit. <laughs> Yep. Actually, so we got an email the other day from somebody who said... Your fat cunts lose weight. (laughs) Is that what it's about? No. Uh, That'll be coming soon, though. We need to... We actually do need to lose weight. Look at me and say, we, I'm happy with my guts. That's a nice little... I've got a nice little baby boy going in the front end here. And here's where... I've got a shed over my tools for the first time ever. Here's where a lot of couples wouldn't actually tell the truth to their partner. We are both too fat right now. Yeah, no shit. I'm just saying. (laughs) I mean, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I prefer to look at myself myself in the mirror sideways now because it's about the width <laughs> I was previously when I was look, no. face on. I I've w- lost two inches of cock. I'm going to. <laughs> this has turned so pear shaped. But that's okay because I think you know when we moosh our bits together now, there's a lot more cushion in between, right? Mm, why? <laughs> <laughs> My birthday's coming up soon, right? Gulp. And uh, turning 39. I am not fucking turning fucking. I'm not turning 39. 38. I'm not ter- I'm not turning 38. Are you joking? Are you actually joking or are you winding me up? Of course I'm winding you up. I mean, you're the only person I know who will probably shave their head when they <laughs> turn 40. It's Brittany, bitch. So my birthday's coming up and I'm heading to Palm Springs in Nashville right around just the day after actually. And recently, you know how I, you know how I had that um, listener buy me the lingerie that I then wore and like fucked our single friend and then fucked you in and it was quite empowering and I liked it, like it turned me on. Yeah. I was kind of toying with the idea of doing something similar for my birthday, like specifically setting up an Amazon wish list or something crazy like that that just went to the US while I was there and like ordering, like putting up there a bunch of sex toys and a bunch of lingerie and just being like slutty McSlut pants and like taking sexy photos and stuff. What do you think about that? Just taking sexy photos while you And videos there. and like, I don't know, doing like something. videos, just you alone or you with others? Maybe, maybe me with others. Yeah, I mean, uh, that would require more discussion, but yeah, ultimately. No, I mean, not like, I'm not asking you right now. I'm saying like, what do you, what do you, do you think that would be fun and sexy and interesting? Or do you think it would just be weird? No, I would think it would be fun, sexy and interesting. I kind of did too. Like in my head I was thinking about. But, I mean, there's a commitment there to actually getting involved. Like, you know, if you you want to feel sexy and desired, then you've got to start now with building the people who are interested in you in that if you want to be involved with others, then you've got to get a fervor going around them finding you attractive and sending you messages and asking you and, and buying you stuff and then wanting to see you in it and wanting to fuck you in it, you know, like that's... Oh, no, no, I'm not saying that the people that send me stuff I'm going to have sex with. No, I understand that, but... Okay, say for example, like for I, I was looking for venues in Nashville for to host an event and one of the venues I saw was a really cool photo gallery, like a photo studio and it had all the... It had like six different... Um, 
don't know what you call them, like little sets. Yeah, sets. That's that's the right word. Um, had like six. She's diff- so surprised that she managed I'm to so, jag the right I'm word. I'm so excited about that. It had like six different little sets, and one of them was like a kitchen, but it was a very retro, like 1960s kitchen. And in my head, I was immediately like, if I can get two other ladies, I was going to call them bitches, but you know, maybe maybe I can be the pimp. Um, if I can get two other women, so there's three of us in like really sexy lingerie and like cake batter. In this, like, so the cake batter just took away the like, no, just like pretending it. to make a cake and like in like, um, like garters and stockings and like bending over into the oven and you know what I mean and like spanking her and stuff like that. I just thought that would be like super cool. And I was like, well, fuck, how am I going to get all the stuff for this? And then I thought maybe it would be fun to kind of create that little thing. Yeah, absolutely. But again, with the even with the ladies that are involved in that, it's not like you're wanting to buy people to do it, you know, like you're, you're wanting people who are actually interested in doing this with you and, oh, 100%. and, and, and think it's sexy and exciting and, and want to help you plan it and, you know, all those sorts of things. Which is fine, and that's what I perceive you want. Is yeah, no, in my again, head, to feel desired and yeah, and like get champagne with the ladies, and like just make a whole fucking thing of it, and, and then probably and then, just have sex. And yeah, well, and then, fel- then again, it. that being the case, you've got to start that now. You've got to find people that are around, willing, and excited by this. You know, if if you want to do it, then you've got a bit. Part of the excitement for this, I'm sure, for you is the build. It's it's the other people like that. It's that desire thing. Yeah, I, I know. It's so it's people yeah, going, very... I'm going to send you lingerie because I want to be a part of this. Yeah. And then me feeling sexy and fueled by it. Yeah, but not just the lingerie, but also by the people that you're around when yeah, but you're that's what I'm saying. It. Like, yeah. And then, I don't know, I was toying with – it actually came into my head earlier today and then I thought, I wonder. Yeah. I mean, but I think one of the things you've got to realise here is that you're putting yourself in a position that is a, again, perceived consent position for some of these and you know you're also now involving other people's time so if you get to a point where you're interested in it and then you get to the day and you're like ah no i couldn't be fucked and you cancel it then you've fucked with other people as well so you you can't go into this half-assed it's got to be something that you wish to do and you wish to follow through with not something that you're just excited by the prospect of but when you get to the reality of potentially hanging out with these people and having sex with them you turn it Turn, turn it off. Mm, yeah. That's, that's, I think, you know, just being respectful of their time and their their um, excitement as well, especially if you've, you know, spent. Can you not be so logical now? We can just talk about how really fun and exciting yeah, sounds, and interesting that was. Sounds fun, <laughs> exciting and interesting. I mean, I, I think. Yeah, certainly there's more than one person in this room who'd be interested in doing something like that. That'd be something that I'd find interesting as well. Like there's no doubt about that. As in that. You, you funding some of the lingerie and getting the, the videos and stuff. Uh, certainly that, but on the other side also being the person that has people buy things for them and, and you know, like just because I'm male doesn't mean I don't like to feel that I'm the object of desire. Mm-hmm. Very true. You know, having having – uh, having women buy me buy me things because they want me to. I mean, it, it may be something as stupid as uh, fucking getting a pool outfit and then coming to cl- clean the pool with the you know like the whole sexual process that comes after that. You just called Not me that. old, and I just want to fuck. I was just grasping for something that was <laughs> male. You know, delivering pizza, whatever it is. Yeah, you okay. know, there's there's sexiness behind that as well. Mm, okay. So, yeah, I mean, yes, 
I mean, buying the lingerie, probably not. I don't think that would excite you. Um, me buying you lingerie, that's not that's not what this is. What's driving this for you? It's it's the fact that other people find you exciting. Yeah. That's what's driving it. So there's no use me doing that. And me seeing the video of the that's also of not really of interest to you. I don't think. I'm asking you if it's interesting to you. Yeah, but yes, it it, it is not buying you the lingerie. No, because I buy you lingerie anyway mm-hmm. and I no, don't. No, but I'm saying like the whole idea. Yes, the whole okay. idea no, is. No, okay, here we go. A dude called Tom buys me lingerie yeah. and then I go and take the photos and then fuck people and have a great time and then do the video and I send that and that's like sponsored by Tom kind of thing. Like Tom has done that. Yeah. I'm asking does it turn you on to know that Tom is out there buying lingerie, getting turned on and masturbating to the videos and everything else? Like does that part of it turn you on? Um, as well as obviously you receiving the videos, but the, the thought and the concept yeah, of the fact yeah. that I it's... Mean, yes, yes, ultimately. Okay, cool. That's all. I just uh, had that thought pop in my head. That was a long story for a yes. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to the Q&A quickie session. Hey, before we go into that, would that... would I mean, given that that's away from me and uh, there's not a lot involved, a lot of involvement from me and I don't really know what's going on, that, that, that would be borderline cockle wouldn't it? I mean, a cockhole doesn't necessarily have to be that you're being not, insulted or whatever. No, it it might be that you just have a lack of understanding of what's happening and then you get videos or whatever whilst I th- I, it's happening. Uh, I think so, a little bit, yeah. Not a little bit. I think that's a long way over the line. I think using the term line over the line is probably not. It's a long way into the ber- blurry grey between the two. Between the Between, between hot, the hot wifing and, and, and cockhole. Cockholding, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. You might be right. Yeah, okay. So moving on. Yeah, thanks for uh, listening to the quickie. That was not so fucking quick at all. <laughs> uh, the 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 questions are always awesome. If you want to reach out to us, cnd at swingingdownunder.com. The C in the CND may eventually change the, 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 you know, the domain if she finds three minutes in her day to do it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, reach out to her. She'll send if it's abusive and um, derogatory toward me. She'll send it on, no problem at all. Um, <laughs> have a fantastic evening or morning, and enjoy your holiday break or Christmas break and New Year experience. Don't go to a fucking club, you weirdo. For your first time. For your first time. Enjoy. Okay, bye guys. Bye.